1: Lincoln Live today is with Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner. Good morning, Morning, Terry. Good to see you. Oh, it's great to be here. Always good having people eye to eye for a change (laughs) out of the old pandemic. We got a number of things we're going to cover today, good listeners. Uh, Indirectly, we can talk as they have applicability to uh, the sheriff's office, but some are of a national scope, and that's where we start a concealed weapons permit would become optional and the requirement that individuals promptly notify police officers that they are carrying a concealed weapon would be eliminated under legislation that's going around in Ohio. Alabama lawmakers have advanced legislation that would end the requirement for a person to get a permit to carry a concealed handgun in public. What's the relatability to that in- Lincoln Well, Nebraska, Nebraska also
0: has a bill. Senator Brewer introduced a bill to eliminate the need for a permit for a concealed weapon as well. So, um, yeah, this seems to be the the current trend is to eliminate the permit process for concealed weapon carry.
1: Can you help me understand the the basis? That? Um, you know, I think the, the permit process is cumbersome. Is it? Is it expensive? It's or? it's
0: a hundred dollars, I believe, for the permit. It's about a hundred dollars for the class that you have to take uh, before you can apply for the permit. So there's a, a couple of hundred dollars involved. Um the permit's good for five years, and um so I some folks call a permitless carry a constitutional carry um, that folks have the have the right under the second Amendment to carry a, a concealed weapon and so uh you know um, we have chatted amongst my uh, fellow sheriffs in the state that... You know, the first first words out of your mouth if you stop a car it had better be, are you armed? And uh, if so, you want to know where the weapon's at and have it made safe while you're having that contact. Prohibited people will still be prohibited, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but uh, other folks uh, won't need to go through that process.
1: The only thing I can relate it to is motorcycles. I've ridden motorcycles my entire life. I know all about them. Pretty mm-hmm. savvy with them. But... I took a motorcycle learner's course before I got back on it really seriously, sure. and it did me a world of good. As much as I know about motorcycles, I still wanted to get a refresher course, and that's the only thing I could actually apply to. Even people who are, have been around guns and know guns, it certainly doesn't hurt to get a little more education
0: and i think the last couple of years we've seen as we've talked about our handgun permit process the, the permits to be able to buy a handgun mm-hmm. um, have really spiked the last couple of years of covid and we're seeing a lot of first time i i get i get conversations with people all the time that i i think i'm thinking about getting a gun to carry what should i get and so they're not they're not a handgun enthusiast um and so they're not really sure what kind of weapon they should purchase and and so we you know my conversations always, what do you want it for? Do you want it for home defense? Do you want it to carry it? And, and you know, firearms proficiency is a perishable skill. You have to practice to maintain that proficiency. Same way with motorcycle, right? Same it, way with motorcycle. Any, any of those uh, skills uh, type of activities. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to. Number one you have to be able to find ammunition. Number two you have to be able to afford ammunition and, and have the, the place and the means to practice regularly those those skills necessary to defend yourself if that's what if that's what you're buying the gun for. So there's a lot more involved than just buying a pistol and sticking it in your pocket.
1: And I also think of safe storage. If it's concealed in a car, don't conceal it loaded. Or maybe you do conceal it loaded. I don't know.
0: Well, if you're in there, you know, and concealed loaded would be the way to, that would to make carry sense. it. make sense. You know, um, but when your vehicle's unattended, that's when cars get broke into and guns get stolen. And, and so I know a lot of folks who have a lockbox in their vehicle, if they're going to leave their weapon in their vehicle... If they're going to a bar or a government building where they can't have a concealed weapon, then they can lock it in a, in a locked box in their vehicle.
1: More than just put it under the driver's seat.
0: Yeah, more Go than that.
1: Them. Yeah, Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner here for the conversation. Uh, state Patrol recently uh, got some calls from people around the state reporting ordinances. Mm-hmm. There, there was a World War II bomb that they found in a shed somewhere, a, a grenade that was found yes. somewhere. Uh, occasionally, you'll get calls from people who are searching old farm buildings or Uncle Bob's old farmhouse, yeah. and they find more
0: ammunition than ordinances. Yep, usually it's ammunition uh, is what we run into. If we if somebody reports any kind of ordinance, we would call bomb squad because we're not we're not trained and equipped to handle those kinds of things. But we we uh, regularly have people call us, and uh, they don't know what to do with old ammunition that they might have found in in somebody's estate or whatever so they'll call us and we'll take it we take it uh, and, and turn it over to the uh, uh in our case lincoln bomb squad and they have a storage facility and then once a year they'll blow all that stuff up but um yeah we we receive that ammunition on a regular basis that's a good advice to
1: call yes absolutely get authorities out there to yeah, take care of it because some of it that
0: ammunition is corroded you know there's some you know it doesn 't last forever, yep, and so um yeah, you need to if you don 't want it around, you need to get rid of it
1: earlier in the week, uh, a big fire that got a lot of people 's attention two hundred plus thousand dollars structure fire at uh, according to the address, it uh, was Shadowbrook Farms and Dutch Girl mm-hmm. Creamery maybe a cheese factory factory, out there too curious about the role that lso plays at the scene of big fires
0: well you know um number one we respond initially to make sure everybody's out of the structure uh you know rural fire departments take a little bit longer to get activated than than a paid or urban fire department might so we'll make sure that everybody's out of the structure um and then uh, uh once the fire department gets there, traffic control is our primary concern. And if if there's indications of arson, then we'll be involved in that investigation with the state fire marshal's office in, in the county. So uh, in this case, um, you know, when deputies first got there, contacted the owner of the creamery. He said he saw somebody running from the building. It turned out to be one of his employees who lives in a loft above the creamery, uh, suffered some burns, We were able to get him first aid initially and then get him medical care and transported to uh, St. Elizabeth CHI to their burn unit. So um, yeah that's sort of the role that the deputies play uh, in those uh, fires.
1: As I was looking for talking points Terry I came across this, a sentence that got my attention and, and I'd like you to help me understand this. Kansas House approving a measure aimed at ensuring that counties don't stop electing their sheriffs. And I'm thinking well why in the world what are the other options? I guess
0: appointing a sheriff would be an option, but there's more to this than than that. Yes, um Nebraska's constitution is is very similar to Kansas in that the Constitution gives lawmakers the ability to establish elected officials as may be necessary. so it's it's set out in statute all of the county elected offices. Now, a few years back, when they consolidated Register of Deeds and, and County Assessor, mm-hmm. um, that was a statute change. If all of those, if all of those elected officials were established in the Constitution, it'd be more difficult to change. Um, and there have been moves periodically to eliminate elected officials on the county level and have them all appointed, similar to what a uh, city does for their department heads. Uh, so. Um, the office of sheriff is a, a bit different. Um, many states have have it have it in their constitution um, that the, you know, there will be a sheriff in each county in in that state, and uh, so the the office of sheriff is a is a constitutional office in many states.
1: Mm-hmm. So they're not doing away with the position of sheriff. That's that's originally where I went. Well,
0: I think there's there have been must have been some proposals in to eliminate uh, in Kansas to eliminate elected officials and uh, specifically sheriffs. And so uh, this proposed amendment to their constitution would mm-hmm. it would establish a constitutional uh, office. But it's not taking that shape here. in no, Nebraska It is not at all.
1: And I wanted to save time here to uh, give a pat on the back and a. Uh, Well done to Captain Tom Brookhauser,
0: who is officially retired at this point. Well, he's still on the books. He's still got some vacation time he's burning. But his last day was Wednesday, uh, this last Wednesday, the 1st, which is his anniversary with the sheriff's office. So uh, 32 years on the dot and um and you've been there for all 32 i've been there for all 32 years, years. Uh, plus years <laughs> and tom has done a great job he is uh you know been uh, on our tactical unit and and the team leader and the commander of that unit um uh, uh you know I, I i was thinking last night uh, at his uh, retirement party that he uh it he was in the air guard as well as a security police officer in the air national guard and so when uh, t- when 911 uh, hit we had a number of uh, deputies were activated because of the uncertainty around 911 Tom knew that we were short-handed he was a sergeant then knew we were short-handed because of those activations so he was working um I think he was working a midnight shift for us and then would work uh, a day shift at the National Guard um now thankfully he had 3 days off <clears throat> during the week for us so But he was working a double shift many of those days just to fulfill his obligations to the military and his sense of obligation to Lancaster County. So really dedicated guy, done a great job. Um, Yeah, we're really going to miss him. Well respected.
1: Retiring early enough to be able to get out and enjoy it.
0: That's exactly
1: right. First place I go, Terry, is trying to replace that kind of experience. Three-plus well, decades. Well, and all we, the stories, we had all two the other deputies
0: that, that retired right at the first of the year. Uh, Mike Schofield, Deputy Mike Schofield, retired with about 40 years on. Um, Deputy Dave Blythe with about 30, 29 to 30 years on. So, you know, you're looking at uh, over 100 years of collective experience you're right. Uh, there's some institutional knowledge there that's just very difficult to replace.
1: And that tells me that when you get into a sheriff's position, sheriff department position, and it suits you, you stay.
0: For the most part, And, I, and yes. the reason
1: I'm going there is because you are always hiring. You're looking to hire
0: new, capable, strong people. Yeah. And, you know... Rural law enforcement is different than urban law enforcement. There's no question about that. Um, A little bit more remote. You have to be a little bit more diplomatic and resourceful sometimes when you're all by yourself and and things go south. Um, But, uh, you know, yeah. So most folks who come to the sheriff's office stay with the sheriff's office.
1: Terry, you have a good month. You too. We'll see you again in another month. It'll be a little warmer. (laughs) It will be, hopefully. Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner on Lincoln Live.